Hare Krishna. It's nice to be again here in Juhu Temple. <clears throat> Very special temple. I heard you just had a huge Gaur Purnima festival. I was in Hong Kong where we had a bit smaller festival. <laughs> and we have a beautiful Gorni Thai temple in Hong Kong on the sixth floor of an apartment building. <laughs> so, a little different style there. <clears throat> this morning we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. Very special series of verses in the 10th canto, chapter 47, the song of the bee. Uh, which verse are we reading? 19, okay. Oma jnana timirandasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobhishtam stapitam yena bhutale svayam rupakadamahyam tadati svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Paragamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatang Vitang Tang Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakanditangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Sarasvate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Vancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavevyo Namo Namah He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasani Gaurabhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om 
Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Deving Saraswating Yasam Tato Jayamudiraye Nashta Prayeshvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki Do we have the verse here? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Vayam Ritam Evajim Abhyam Ritam Shatadana Vayam Ritam Evajim Vyahritam Shadana Vayam Ritam Evajim Vyahritam Shadadana Kulika Rutam Evagya Krishna Vadvo Harinya Kulika Rutam Evagya Krishna Vadvo Harinya Dadrishurasakriti Tatanakasparshatibra Dadrishura Sakriti Tatanaka Sparshativra Smara Ruja Upamantrin Banyatang Anyabarta Smara Ruja Upamantrin Banyatam Anyavarta Vayam Ritam Evajima Vyahritam Shraddhadana Kulika Rutam Evagya Krishna Vadvoharinya Dadishura Sakriteta Tanaka Sparshativra Smararuja Upamantrin Banyatang Anyavarta Vayam We Ritam True Eva as if jihma deceptive vyahritam his speech shadhadana trusting kulika of a hunter rutam the song eva as if agnya foolish Krishna, 
of the black deer. Vadvaha, wives, Harinyaha, the doe, Dadrishu, experienced, Asakrit, repeatedly, Etat, this, Tat, his, Naka, of the fingernails, Sparsha, by the touch, Tivra, sharp, Smara, of lust, Ruja, the pain, Upamantrin, O messenger, Banyatam, please speak, Anya, another, Varta, topic. Translation purport by the followers of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, faithfully taking his deceitful words as true, we became just like the black deer's foolish wives who trust the cruel hunter's song. Thus we repeatedly felt the sharp pain of lust caused by the touch of his nails. O oh, messenger, please talk about something besides Krishna. <laughs> Shall we repeat this together? Faithfully taking his deceitful words as true, We became just like the black deer's foolish wives who trust the cruel hunter's song. Thus we repeatedly felt the sharp pain of lust caused by the touch of his nails. O oh, messenger, Please talk about something besides Krishna. <laughs> Purport. Srila Vishwanath Chakavarti categorizes this statement of Srimati Radharani's as ajalpa, as defined by Srila Rupa Goswami. Jainyam tasyarti datfangcha nirvedat yatra kirtitam bhangyanya sukadatvangcha saajalpa udiritaha A statement spoken in disgust describing how the male lover is deceitful and brings one misery and also implying that he gives happiness to others is known as ajalpa from the Ujjvala Nilamani 14.196 and so ends the purport to this verse which is the coming toward the end of the Song of the Bee, the Brahmara Gita one of the most famous and important passages of the Bhagavatam 
Some say that for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, this, t these ten verses of the Brahmara Gita, of course the whole chapter is called Brahmara Gita, but it's ten verses within the Brahmara Gita, that the Gaudiya Vaishnavas consider this passage the most important passage in the entire Bhagavatam. Uh, even more important than uh, the description of the Rasa Lila, the Rasa Panchadhyaya, uh, which is certainly very central. We could say the Rasa Panchadhyaya is, in more ways than one, a mandala, uh, the center of the mandala, which is the Srimad Bhagavatam. If we imagine as, as a diagram the Bhagavatam, uh, as a kind of lotus, you can have the Rasa Lila description of five chapters, chapters 29 through 33, as the center, the, 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 the middle point of that diagram and everything else expanding out. The Gaudiya Vaishnavas say yes, and <laughs> the most important within that, in a sense, extending or in the core of that are these ten verses, the song of the Brahmara. <clears throat> and why is that the case? We understand from, uh, it's again Srila Vishwana Chagavari Thakur who says, uh, who identifies the otherwise unidentified gopi who is speaking these ten verses as being none other than Shimati Radharani. Uh, and her speech is expressing her love for Krishna, but in, in ways which uh, are uh, indicating that what she is feeling is called divyon mada. <clears throat> Divya unmada. Mada means madness. Unmada, utmada, means <clears throat> out of your mind. <laughs> when we say in English, he's out of his mind. You say that in Hindi sometimes. Uh, and then Divya unmada. It's transcendentally being out of your mind. Uh, mad, madness. What sort of madness? A madness which turns out to be uh, the greatest wisdom, the greatest, uh, the, the most perfect of reasoning. If we think about what do, what do we mean by madness? When we say someone is mad, someone is crazy. Who is crazy? Uh, there was an article Srila Prabhupada encouraged devotees uh, to write and publish in Back to Godhead. Who is crazy? In which uh, the point is being made, everyone is crazy. Everyone who thinks I am this material body is crazy, is mad. Uh, because it is a false identification. It is illusory. It is... Uh, a wrong conception. And if you base your actions on a wrong conception, 
that those actions identify us as mad, isn't it? <clears throat> well, uh, not so when Srimati Radharani speaks. She is addressing a bee. Uh, what kind of a bee? A brahmara. Brahmara in English we would call a bumblebee. And there are many different types of bees. There are many different types of bumblebees. <laughs> a little bit of uh, zoological trivia. There are more than 200 species of bumblebees. Something you didn't know before, right? <clears throat> In any case, the bumblebees uh, are uh, are referred to in the Bhagavatam as Brahmara, and Brahmara also means wandering, wandering. This is a wandering living entity whom Shimati Radharani is addressing as a person. An interesting sort of uh, implication uh, for animal ethics. This is a subject which I've been uh, engaged, involved in, uh, in academic sphere. Uh, he's address she is addressing a bumblebee as a person. We understand all living entities are persons. But what does it mean to be a person? That's another subject I won't go into here, but it's interesting, it's significant that she's addressing a bumblebee and she is identifying this bumblebee, this brahmara, as a messenger. There's a kind of double uh, irony here because who is listening in as she speaks to the bumblebee? Who is listening in? Who is nearby listening? Huh? Yes, Uddhava is listening. And Uddhava, of course, has been sent by Lord Krishna as a messenger. <clears throat> he's been sent as a messenger and he thinks, he's thinking, I have uh, an important message. Uh, from none other than the Supreme Lord himself to his dear devotees. But what, what happens when he comes to Vrindavan? He comes to realize he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he doesn't, it's he who is getting a lesson from the gopis. Sometimes we think we know something and we find our, ourselves in a situation where actually it's us who are getting the lesson. Have you ever had this experience? Uh, it's when we are called upon to be a little bit humble. <laughs> we, we're thinking, yes, I know something and I'm going to give this knowledge. But then it turns the other way around. Krishna has something to tell us. Uh, when that happens, we can be very grateful. Uddhava was very grateful uh, to, the, to the gopis for the, this message, particularly Srimati Radharani. 
Throughout her speech, her various forms of jalpa, one of which is uh, this exemplifies ajalpa. What was the definition of ajalpa? A statement spoken in disgust, describing how the male lover is deceitful and brings one misery, and also implying that he gives happiness to others, is known as ajalpa. We might be reminded of the verse I'm sure you all know, uh, the last of the uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Shikshastakam. Ashli Shava Pararatang Pinashtumam Adarshanam Marmahatam Karotuva Yata Tata Va Vidatu Lampato Mat Prananatas Tu Saevanapara. The word Lampata Shishi Gornitai Ki Jai Shishi Radha Rasabihari Ki Jai Lalita Vishakadevi Ki Jai Shishi Sitaram Lakshman Hanamanji Ki Jai Yes, the word Lampata in, that, in this verse means Debashi uh, That's a French word, I guess it means someone who is not faithful to their lover. So, Lampata, oh you Lampata. It's understood Srimati Radharani is addressing Krishna as <laughs> with, a, with a very strong word. And he's, he is saying, Ashlishava, whether you embrace me or whether you trample on me, whatever you do to me, you are always my worshipful Lord. Mat prananata. You are my prananata. Prananata. You, you are the prana of my life. You are what makes my life a life. <laughs> Without you, I, I don't exist. Uh, that, um, that sort of language is being used here. And so all of these verses in this, almost all the verses, at least the first eight verses, are like this, highly critical. There's, Radharani is speaking to the Brahmara, hoping that Krishna will hear what she says, so to say. In other words, that he, uh, the Brahmara will bring her message back to him but then in the next verse, when the bee goes away for some time, she becomes full of anxiety. No, 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 don't, don't tell him all of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, please come back. You're a wonderful Brahmara. And she praises him. But all, all of these verses are in such a tone, practically all of them in such a tone of criticism, Critical love, it is, um, it is paradoxical. And the paradox heightens, it intensifies, it helps us to appreciate the feeling that Radharani, that the gopis have 
of in the intensity of their love for Krishna in his absence. It is his absence which intensifies their love. It is their absence in which they feel his presence. Now, here's a little technical point. I hope you'll uh, be open for this. You, might, you may find it interesting. Uh, from Nyaya philosophy. According to Nyaya, in uh, some of the later explanations of, of Nyaya from one of these, uh, from a 7th century uh, Nyayaika Udyotakara, he explains that uh, perception, how we perceive something, what is perception? He's, he's giving a definition. What is perception? What does it mean to see something or to perceive something in general? And he analyzes it very precisely, and in his analysis and in later commentary, it's explained, one of the features of or one type of perception is the perception of absence. So if, for example, uh, one of you are always present at the Bhagavatam class, Every day he's there. Who's an example of this? Somebody who's really steady. Somebody who's always... You're always there. What is your name? Nalini Kanta. So, Nalini Kanta Prabhu is always here for Bhagavatam class. Yes? Very good. One day he's not there. For some reason, I mean, not to, I don't mean that as a curse. Maybe you have to go see a dentist or something. <laughs> uh, he's not, Nalini Kanta is one day not there. And all the rest of you are looking around, where is Nalini Kanta? He's always here for Bhagavatam class and he's not here. That is a form of perception. His absence uh, is a feature of the room during the Bhagavatam class. So you're perceiving this room with all the devotees, and you're perceiving one devotee's absence. That is a form of perception, according to Udyottakara and other Nyayayakas. Why does that matter? He says it matters, or it's implied that it matters, because the Buddhists had a different idea. <laughs> uh, the Nayayakas were essentially arguing against the Buddhists. The Buddhists want to argue that uh, perception is uh, only momentary. Kshanikavada uh, means all that really happens is that which happens moment by moment by moment. There is no cohesion to anything except what we, with our fertile brains, make. And so they will say, no, 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 it's not that uh, this is absence is perception. 
they will say it is a form uh, of reasoning. It's it's anupalabdi hetu. It is it is noticing something and then reasoning. Oh, he must be absent. So like this, there's a debate that's been going on for centuries <laughs> among the, the philosophers, the Buddhists, the Nayayakas, and so on. Okay, what does that have to do with the Brahmana Gita? The Brahmana Gita is one example of the gopis perceiving the Lord's absence. Another example, famously, is in the Rasalila just after Krishna departs, or Krishna departs, they perceive his absence, right? And then they go looking for him. They search, and in their search, what do they do? They address various plants, animals, flora and fauna, they ask, all, everyone, ev not everything, but everyone they see in the forest. Have you seen Krishna? Have you seen Krishna? Have you seen Krishna? This sense of ab absence of Krishna evokes in them the sense of Krishna's presence in all living entities. The sense of Krishna, the intense feeling of Krishna's absence evokes in them the sense of Krishna's presence in all living entities. Uh, and this is a way of explaining Shimati Radharani's behavior when she's speaking uh, to a Brahmara, to a bee. Normally we don't speak to bees. <laughs> <laughs> but she was speaking to bees. <clears throat> this may lead us to reflect for a moment or two on the wonderful exchange between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Roy. Toward the end of their discussion, about which we're not supposed to know anything because at the end of that discussion, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu warns Ramananda Roy, don't tell anyone about this conversation we've had. So we're not supposed to know anything. How did it leak out? This I would like to know myself. I have a theory. But we can go back to that later, if you like. Uh, okay, so it's the end. It's coming to the end of the discussion, and Lord uh, and Ramananda Roy, speaking to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, says, "Can you please explain to me why it is that I'm seeing you as Krishna?" I see you with a flute, I see uh, you have a golden complexion rather than a, a darkish complexion, but nonetheless, I see you as Krishna. Can you please explain this? Uh, he says, E matatomadaki hoi chamatkar akapate kaha prabhu 
Karana Ihar. I actually see you in this way, and this is very wonderful. My Lord, please tell me without duplicity what's causing this. And the Lord explains. Do you want to hear his explanation? Prabhu kohe Krishna tomar gadha prema hoy premara shobhava e janiha nischoy. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, You have a deep love for Krishna. And one who has such deep ecstatic love for the Lord naturally sees things in such a way. Please take this from me to be certain. Uh, the phrase deep love is Gadha Prema. Gadha Prema. So Mahaprabhu says to Ramananda Roy, it's just your love for Krishna, you're seeing Krishna, that's, that's what devotees do when they have deep love. And he goes on to say, Mahabhagavata dekestavara jangamo taha taha hoi tara shri krishna spurano. A devotee advanced on the spiritual platform sees everything movable and inert as the Supreme Lord. For him, everything he sees here and there is but a manifestation of Lord Krishna. Stavara jangama dekke na dekke taramurti sarvatra hoi nicha ishta devaspurti the Mahabhagavata, the advanced devotee, certainly sees everything mobile and immobile, but he does not exactly see their forms. Rather, everywhere he immediately sees manifest the form of the Supreme Lord. Once a devotee asked Srila Prabhupada as they were on a morning walk, Prabhupada, how is it? How is it that a pure devotee sees, uh, for example, this tree? So we, we hear that a devotee sees Krishna everywhere. Does that mean he's seeing little Krishnas in every little leaf? <laughs> what does it mean? How do we understand? Prabhupada said, no, it's not like that. He said, it's like, a, <clears throat> it's like the mother of a small child who sees the, the sh little shoes of her child. When she sees the sh shoes of her child, she doesn't see the shoes, she sees her child. So the love is there. And through that love, the Lord is present. So like that. This is describing the Mahabhagavata. This goes on to explain how, I mean, the, the account, the description, uh, tells us uh, that Ramananda Roy sees Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Radha and Krishna, and seeing this, what does he do? He faints. <laughs> and when he faints, what does Lord Chaitanya do? He touches him. As he touches him, he wakes up again. And in this way, the, the perception of the Lord as none other than Radha and Krishna 
is there. And Srila Prabhupada explains that it is by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that one can see him in this way. Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikritir Ladini Shakti Rasma Ekatmanavapi Bhuvi Puradehavedam Gatau Tau Chaitanya Kem Prakara Maruna Tatvayam Chaikyam Aptam Radha Bhava Duty Suvalitam Nomi Krishna Swarupam. We offer obeisance to that Lord who is the Krishna Swarupa, the Lord Himself, Krishna Himself. Who is appearing simultaneously? He is Radha and Krishna, but he's in a specific mood. And what is that mood? It's the mood of Radha, who is absent, uh, who feels the absence. Excuse me, feels the absence of Krishna. So that feeling is what's being expressed in these uh, in these verses. Now, there's one further irony here, and that is. In this description of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explaining to Ramananda Roy why it is that he sees Chaitanya as Krishna, he says, Oh, devotees, they see Krishna everywhere. That's the message that Uddhava wants to give to the gopis, which they couldn't care less about. He wants to say, the Lord is present, the Lord is in your heart, Paramatma, don't fret. <laughs> right? He wants to give, you know, it's, it's high philosophy and they're not interested. <laughs> Why are they not interested? Their perception is on a higher, it's on a more exalted level. And that is what uh, that is what Uddhava learns from them. He is, he is um, initiated. He is initiated by the gopis into this higher understanding. And that's why he says, I want to take birth in this place. I want to just be a, some grass that the gopis are running over, trampling over anything so I can get this experience. This is, the, this, is the, this is the perception that I want to have. This is the perception of Krishna that I want to have through his devotees. So in this verse, particular verse, <clears throat> faithfully taking his deceitful words as true, we became just like the black deer's foolish wives who trusts the cruel hunter's song. Now that we've been deceived. We thought, we, we thought he was speaking truthfully to us, Rita. Rita is a word uh, found in the Veda, in Rig Veda. It means, um, you could say something like deep truth. It's, it's a word which, um, sort of precedes the word dharma in Vedic literature. Uh, Ritta is, is cosmic order. It's the way things are. Uh, so Ritta, we thought, Ritta Eva, we thought you were, <laughs> we thought you were speaking, you know, the reality. And what, what did we get? 
actually we got jihma vyahritam. We got some crooked speech. So we feel cheated. But is that deterring us from our love? We wish it would. <laughs> we wish it would, but it doesn't. Uh, and, and therefore she says, will you stop talking about Krishna? Now, the, the Brahma hasn't said a word about Krishna. The Brahma is just buzzing around, right? But she's projecting onto the Brahmara. You're talking about Krishna all that. Will you please stop? I'm not saying a word. <laughs> You're saying all this about Krishna. Uh, so, smararuja upamantrin bhanyatam anyavarta. Anyavarta means, it can mean another story uh, or just like kata, some other. Some other topic, can you please, banyatam, kindly, actually ban, uh, this has the sense of loudly speaking, of uh, shouting even. So you can shout all you like, but talk about something else, please. There's another one more feature I'll mention in this, and then we'll see if uh, you have any reflections, any thoughts. It mentions tannaka sparsha tivra smara ruja. Uh, the, uh, the pain uh, of the smara. Smara can mean uh, cupid, it can mean, Prabhupada translates lust, can also mean memory. There's intense memory comes especially in romantic relationships. Uh, and naka sparsha, the touch of nails. So this is indicating, this is clearly indicating very intimate relationship and therefore very private relationship. Uh, so the gopi is now speaking, but she's speaking, in a sense, she's speaking in public. Why? Because Uddhava is there. Uh, and she's having a private conversation, but she's speaking in a public context. So this is, this is a very awkward kind of situation. Uh, the, the, the tension between private and public uh, relationality with Krishna. Some things we want to speak about only in intimate circles. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made that clear. And other, other sorts of discussion of Krishna are more public. And devotees are conscious, we are conscious, we are careful uh, about this. But this mixture in Chaitanya Leela, or there is a mixture, it becomes complicated in Chaitanya Leela. Krishna Das Kaviraj tells us when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is dancing in the Ratha Yatra, what is he doing? He's chanting various prayers, various uh, verses, and one of the verses that he chants repeatedly is, is a poem from mundane romance poetry. And everyone hearing him thinks, what is he talking about? <laughs> what, is he, what, is he, what is this about? 
And it's Srila Rupa Goswami who understands. And he writes his own verse uh, saying much the same, but translating it into spiritual terms. It's about the feeling of separation of the uh, beloveds of Krishna and Krishna. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sees that verse and he says, Ha, yes, he understands. So Lord Chaitanya has been right out in the open. Everybody is there in the Ratiatra. He's, he's chanting these verses which are telling something very private. But no one understands except Rupa Goswami. The Maha Mantra, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, is, you can say, our very public uh, glorification of the Lord. And this glorification through the Maha Mantra is at the same time highly intimate. Why is that? It's because we are addressing the Lord directly. We always hear, of course, that we cannot approach the Lord directly. We approach the Lord through the acharyas, through our spiritual master, through the devotees. And yet, Srila Prabhupada explains, we address the Lord directly through the Maha Mantra. The vocative form of uh, the words Krishna, Hara, and Rama are in the Maha Mantra. Mahamantra. Krishna is saying, O Krishna. Hare is saying, O Hari, O Hara. And Rama is saying, O Rama. We're calling out. So when we call out Krishna's names, we would like that Krishna will be pleased to hear our call. Wouldn't you say? Yes? No. Yes. <laughs> so it's good to keep this in mind as we are chanting in our routine sort of ways, isn't it? We have our tendencies to routinize our spiritual lives. But maybe just as a tip for today, let's remember Krishna just might be listening to you as you're chanting. Why? Because you're calling him. You're calling him, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Gaura Premanande, Hare Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Any comments or questions or reflections? Um, Yadavar Prabhu, any thoughts? It's uh, very deep, very deep, the subject. And um, so, if Krishna is listening, uh, how do we how do we tell? How do we know? Or do we? How do we know if Krishna is listening to our chanting? I would say, whether we know it or not, we should assume he is. Hmm. <laughs> nice. 
And if he is, wouldn't you want to chant nicely? Wouldn't you want to chant sweetly? And uh, as one is as one is uh, holding holding that consciousness. Uh, in English, we have the word to behold, to behold. You know this word? It's a bit old English, actually. Behold, it means be very consciously aware of something. So we want to behold Krishna in his name. So I think it's the safe, safe way to go <laughs> is to assume that he's listening. Otherwise, we'll say, oh, well, anyway, Krishna's not listening, so I can just go on and chant in my usual unattentive way or, or whatever, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj thank you so much, uh, very nice lecture. Uh, my question from Nyaya philosophy, I just wanted to know uh, what knowledge uh, mentioned inside Nyaya philosophy. We also heard from Chaitanya Bhagavad that Saurabham Bhattacharya went to Mithila, Mithila to learn uh, Nyaya philosophy from Mithila Pandit. Uh, Mithila Pandits. So what basically knowledge teach by uh, Nyaya philosophy? I'm not sure I heard specifically, but something about nyaya. Why is it? Say again the specific question. Nyaya philosophy. Yeah. What about it? Yeah. What? What about nyaya? What's your question? Uh, Miss, what, uh, what knowledge uh, mentioned in uh, nyaya philosophy? What is the knowledge that is there in nyaya? Um, we usually translate the word nyaya as logic. Uh, so it's very much about reasoning. Uh, it's also about um, it's also about the process of debating. There's a section which discusses different qualities of debate when you are having a debate on philosophical topics. There's um, there's different different qualities of of debate, um, and so nyaya is is concerned with that. Uh, it's it's not a subject that I'm an expert in by any means, but it's uh, it's something which comes implied in different. All of the sh uh, darshanas come in various forms in the Bhagavatam. Uh, they're uh, alluded to in different ways. So it's a highly uh, sophisticated tradition which has uh, been carried over centuries of commentary upon commentary. And as I mentioned, it's it's very much uh, it's very much about arguing against the Buddhists. Uh, the Buddhists also have highly sophisticated 
argumentation, and this goes on century after century. One commentator writes on one side, and the other says, yes, but, and, and so it goes back and forth, back and forth. Um, none of them ever quite get to the point. Later nyaya, earliest nyaya is, it's not atheistic, but it's not theistic. It's sort of non, it's just not concerned about uh, the existence of God or not. But later nyaya, uh, arg arguments are made, attempts are made to argue for the existence of, of God using logic. This is rejected by Ramanujacharya. He says you can't, ultimately you cannot prove the existence of God by reason. Because what is reason? It is going on on the level of bhuti, manas and buddhi, which are on the, on the level of uh, subtle material nature. So we cannot ultimately comprehend uh, through, through this process. But attempts have been made through logic. Yeah. Yes. Hare Krishna. Hare. Oh. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for presenting such a deep philosophy in very simple language, so we can relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I want to take you up on your offer. You said Lord Chaitanya forbade Ramananda Roy not to discuss this. Ah, yes. But still, you have a theory about how you are <laughs> able to understand it. <laughs> Okay, it's just my, now, now come, I have to, I have to uh, issue a warning. This is my speculation. <laughs> so, uh, of course, after this discussion, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu invites Ramananda Roy, why don't you, why don't you retire and just come to Puri and be with me? And he does. He comes to Puri, he lives and um, for many years he is there with Mahaprabhu and he is his, you could say, his main role in relation to Mahaprabhu is to nourish his feelings, his intense feelings uh, of uh, Krishna Prema. But there was one other devotee who had a similar role and that was Swarup Damodar. So my speculation is that Ramananda Roy shared, uh, he related to, to Saurabh Damodar about their conversation, their dialogue that had taken place uh, at Rajmundri. And uh, Saurabh Damodar could then have related this either verbally or in writing. It's apparently, apparently Saurabh Damodar had a, wrote a notebook, a karacha. And that karacha uh, is not extant. It's not in, no one's ever found it. There's, it's been claimed that it's been found, but that's also been demonstrated to be false. Um, but Saurabh Damodar, Mm. could very well have shared this uh, with Raghunath Das Goswami. 
Because Raghunath, remember it, he was Swarup Damodar Air Swarup Air Raghunath, Lord Chaitanya had um, commissioned Swarup Damodar to to take care of Raghunath. Raghunath does. So it's quite possible that he would have shared with Raghunath. Raghunath does. And then Raghunath does eventually comes to Vrindavan. And there he meets Krishna Das Kaviraj. And at the end of every chapter of uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, <coughs> Krishna Das Kaviraj uh, praises Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Raghunath Das Goswami as his sources uh, for his knowledge of the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> Oops. Hare Krishna, 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 so you were mentioning about uh, uh, the perception and a uh, very nice example you also gave about a devotee who is not present, he has been present every day. Yes, So Nila Kant Prabhu, fortunately ah. he's present. <laughs> so, and then you were telling in connection with how Srimati Radharani is perceiving Krishna in yeah. the form of the bumblebee and the messenger Uddhava also, so she is perceiving. My question is, uh, uh, looks like this perception is like an illusion because it's not a reality. So, can we call it as illusion technically or how, what is the… Okay, so in the case of Radharani speaking to the bumblebee, uh, First, we have to ask whether she's seeing the bumblebee as Krishna. I don't believe so. I think she sees the bumblebee as his messenger. Um, okay, there's maybe some non-difference there between the messenger and Krishna. Uh, if it's illusion, of course, now we would be moving into the area of, um, of yoga maya instead of maha maya. The word maya, Here's another little statistic you can take from this class. <laughs> the word maya appears uh, over 600 times in the Bhagavatam. How do I know that? Did I sit down and count? No, I didn't count, but one other devotee did, <laughs> who wrote uh, his doctoral dissertation at Oxford University on the subject of Maya in the Bhagavatam. And that's been published um, by Oxford University Press. It's a wonderful work. Uh, it's usually in compound, samasa, samasa with other words. And uh, it, there's, there's a, a blurring of boundaries. There's, of course, the term general term maya, there's the more specific yoga maya, and there's maha maya, 
but the meanings of these terms can depend very much on context. Um, and aside from that, the word maya has a whole range, a whole constellation of meanings, one of which is magic, which suggests illusion. Uh, but we get into a very uh, strange area here. But it's interesting, you bring it up indeed, that uh, this may be dealing with some sort of illusion, but the kind of illusion which brings one closer to Krishna, and that is generally referred to as yoga maya, right? Because yoga, yoga means to link, to connect, to yoke. Uh, and so um, my understanding would be like that. If we're dealing with illusion here, it's, it's that kind. Thank you, Maharaj. Also, one another question is that in this verse, Krishna vadho harinyaha, so here, uh, the translation goes that just like the black deer's foolish wives who trust the cruel hunter's song. So here, the Krishna vadho, the black deer is referred to Krishna, I believe, and then the wife is referred to the gopis, the Srimati Radharani. Yeah. So who is the hunter then? I wondered that also. I was afraid someone would ask this. <laughs> I think there's a kind of blurring here of uh, in the in the allegory because one wants to say, well, okay, there's of course a play on the word Krishna. Um, <laughs> Krishna Vadva can mean the wife of Krishna, right? Just strictly speaking, it can. Mean, but Krishna is translated here as of the black deer. Uh, and it can mean that as well. And in this context, harinya, the, the dough, uh, it, suggests, it suggests that. I, there's so many technicalities when it comes to uh, poetics, in Sanskrit poetics, none of which I have any knowledge of. Uh, but uh, I could refer you to another devotee who does know. He's in Oxford, but... Uh, I wouldn't be able to... It's a good question, who is the hunter? Well, the, the hunter must be Krishna in this case um, because the, all of the blame is going on Krishna for uh, creating this uh, false understanding. But then, okay, but then, but then who is the uh, male deer in this case? Whether the commentators elaborate on that, I wouldn't know. We'd have to look. Good question. All right. So, thank you all very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gaur Premanande.